Welcome to the One Crossing Podcast. Here you can find past sermons along with other exclusive content. Our prayer is that God will move in your life even when you are on the go. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, Crossing Church. How are you doing this morning? Ah, that was some good worship, right? All of our locations, that was some awesome worship. That was some awesome praise. I guarantee you, no matter what you came into one of our locations with, you are better now than when you walked in. You know why? Because you've been worshiping God. And uh, when, when you do that, there are things that begin to happen in your heart in your soul, inside of you, that not doesn't necessarily change the outside circumstances, but it changes the inside circumstances, and you begin affecting the outside circumstances. So that's an awesome thing. I want to welcome all of our campuses that are joining with us all across this region. If you're inside online.tv, so thankful for you as well. Kia Cuck, we're celebrating with you. Six-year anniversary today in Iowa. We praise God for that. All you Hawkeyes up there in Lee County, that's pretty awesome. And uh, last week and the week before that, Clayton bringing the heat, bringing the heat. And I mean, just, just really throwing down the word of God so, so well. Thank you, Clayton. I was able to attend on Thursday and Sunday and uh, just able to worship with all of you. And it was absolutely awesome. You responded so well to those. So Friday and Saturday of last week, Allison and I uh, were invited to speak at a rural church conference in Grand Island, Nebraska. How many of you have been to Grand Island, Nebraska? Yeah, nobody. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, it's a town uh, that is just a little bit bigger than uh, Quincy, Illinois, about 47,000, and uh, uh, third largest city in Nebraska. And so uh, rural church leaders from all over the state came together. It's about 125 of them. And I uh, had the opportunity of encouraging them and teaching them about what God has accomplished in, in all of our locations. So many of them rural, it was, it was just awesome. We had an awesome experience there. And uh, it was a pretty long trip. It's about a seven hour trip. And uh, of course I have a hybrid. So that's good, right? But even with a hybrid, you know, you have to stop every so often and you have to fill up with gas, got to go to the bathroom, get a drink, get a snack, right? All, we all do that, right? We all do that, right? Uh, uh, I don't want to see a show of hands here because I, I care about marriage and stability in marriage. But how many of you have a spouse that just likes to use the gas but never puts it in the tank? Keep those hands down. And then you get in the car and it's like, oh, oh, I need to get there, but I can't because I got to go to the gas station because the light's on and I don't want to get stranded. Ah, oh, yeah. We hate that, right? Sometimes we feel like that's a waste of time, like stopping at a gas station. Like I'm just kind of burning time I don't need to burn. But you know, you really do. If, if, if the tank is low, you better get gas, right? And you do other things, right? Are you one of those people that like has this false economy about I'm only going to put like $5 in the tank because it might go down two cents a gallon or something? Do you do that? Because that's just weird. 
I think he just thought it would take advantage so I don't have to go as often and uh, just fill that thing up. You know, I can remember in the past, you know, we checked the tires, washed the windows, all that kind of stuff. I hate dirty windows. Do you hate dirty windows on a car? How many of you hate dirty windows on a car? Yeah, it just gets you down. You know, it's just so nice to have clean windows. And then you got to get out and stretch. Now, I can remember when I used to get out of the car and I'd just run in, you know, just run back out. I didn't even think about it. Now, I get out of the car and it's, oh, How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I hate that. Ugh. Then you go get a snack and a drink, go to the bathroom, right? But a lot of cars today, they have technology that'll uh, check your tires for you, check your oil. They'll even navigate your trip, have somebody in the, whatever accident you want them in uh, to tell you how, wh where to turn and how far ahead it is. Uh, of course, you can clean your windshield, even your headlights. I mean... All kinds of stuff that uh, is available to you. I was talking to someone in the first service, and he goes, hey, Jerry, come here. I said, what? He goes, I remember when you used to have to pump gas was literally pumping gas. Like there was no electricity. You had to go like this. I'm like, wow, you were old, man. You're like, <laughs> I didn't do that. I went, thank you. Well, that's really great. I'll share that and embarrass you in front of everybody. No, uh, how many of you remember when other people did it for you? How many of you remember the difference between full service and self-service? Yeah, that, that dates me, doesn't it, right? So it'd be pretty silly to get mad at your car if you run out of gas. Let's just be honest. Because you got a gauge. And it isn't like those gauges in the past that were kind of a, a general estimation. I mean, it'll literally calculate how many miles you can go before you are out of gas. And then there's a light, and there may even be a buzzer and an angry voice saying, would you just get gas, please? Something like that, that your car is programmed to do. And it, all it's doing is saying, hey, you can't put this off anymore. It's a bad idea to put certain things off when we travel. Getting gas is one of those things. Another thing is going to the bathroom. You do not want to put that off when you travel. You may need to remember what your mama taught you when you were little, always go before you leave, right? How many of you have been in an embarrassing predicament because you put off going to the bathroom? That is not a good place to be. Look at all the dishonest people. That's why we have steps. It's for you to come forward at the end of the service and repent of your sins and be honest before God. Because I see people all the time that are on the side of the road and they got the passenger door open, again, you know, so you know what, you, you, yeah. Okay, so God puts a fuel gauge on your life. He puts a fuel gauge on all of our lives. And this is what he's telling you. Every so often, you got to pull into the station. And I'm telling you, it needs to happen every week, at least every week. And you need to have some time to fill up the tank. And that's why we're closed on Sunday, because you need to have that time to fill up the tank. In Acts chapter 2, verses 41 to 47, all 10 weeks, we've been sharing this scripture with you because what it does is it maps out what it really means to be a Christian, a Christ follower, and how that connects with going and being part of a church. It says, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 
were added to their number that day. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And all the believers were together and they had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Listen to this one, praising God, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Those two things going together, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Today what we're going to do is we're going to discuss the 10th and last foundation stone of what it means to be a Christ follower in this passage of scripture. We just read it in Acts 2.47. They were praising God. Now, praise is something that normally rises out of a circumstance, right? So like there's something that, is, that we would consider a good thing and we would want to praise God for that. The people of God would give God the glory, would give God the credit for that and they would praise God. So praise would rise up out of that circumstance because it's a response. Praise is a response to something good. And you need praise because like your car, praise needs fuel in order to fire up. Some of you right now, you're kind of, I don't know. I'm struggling. I'm having a tough time right now. I wonder why. I'm so glad that you're here because you're in the right place to get fueled up in order to get fired up. And that's what praise does. So that's scripture in Acts 2. It describes a great time, like this initial experience of the church, right? It says they were, they were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Well, it's easy to praise God when you're enjoying the favor of all the people. When everybody is going, you're the best, you're awesome, we love, we love you. Can I be around you more? Because I just like you. I like being around you. You make a difference in my life. When you feel that, that's so good, right? And so they're experiencing this initial excitement and a grace and there's no pushback and there's no pain at the beginning of the church. But sometimes the circumstances aren't that good, amen? amen. Some of you right now may be just feeling the weight of the circumstances or, you know, even though you're supposed to be praising God, you just, it just doesn't feel like you can praise God. Because those circumstances are saying everything in the opposite direction. You know what we call that when the circumstances are bad? We call that the lower story. The lower story is this place where we just grind out life. Where it's hard. And you're wondering, where is God in all of this? And I don't understand. You know, you can get lost down there in that lower story, right? And does it, think about this, how does this affect the outflow of praise. If praise is a response to circumstances and the circumstances are bad, then how is praise affected by the lower story? If you were honest, and if I'm honest, 
it has a major effect. When you're having a rough time, the last thing you're thinking about is praise. You're thinking about everything down in that lower story. And so I'm reading Acts 13 and Acts 5. I'm going to share these with you. And I'm seeing something that's really odd, okay? So Acts 13.48 says this. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord. Well, that's positive. And all who were appointed for eternal life believed. Well, that's positive. And the word of the Lord spread through the whole region. Well, that's great. That's positive. Then you get to verse 50. But the Jews incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. If the city fathers and mothers get mad at you, you know, they can pack a wallop. And they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. Now that's starting to sound like the lower story, right? So they shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And then you read verse 52. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a circumstance that's not necessarily good. Filled with joy and the Holy Spirit, that doesn't really match up to what immediately preceded it. How did they do that? In Acts chapter 5, verse 41, it says, The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Uh, I don't do that much. Do you? Do you like, oh, I'm going to rejoice because... I'm suffering disgrace. That doesn't compute either, right? How do they do that? Well, here's the answer. We like to say that we should praise God in spite of the circumstances. And I think that's probably where your spiritual default is right now. You're going, oh yeah, he's going to say this. You need to praise God not necessarily because of the circumstances, but in spite of the circumstances. Now, I've already told you that praise is very dependent on circumstances. And so I think we'd like to say that we can disconnect ourselves from the circumstances and praise God anyway. But I think that is a lot easier said than done because there is no denying that the circumstances can get the best of us. They can get the best of you. And if the circumstances are so critical to having an attitude of praise, I want you to consider something completely new today. How about instead of just, you know, denying the circumstances or trying to live in spite of the circumstances, instead of that, how about you create the right circumstances? How about you create the right circumstances and overwrite the lower story circumstances. What if you could take the lower story circumstances and drown them out with upper story circumstances? And then you could still praise God because of the circumstances, but they're the ones that you've created that are drowning out the lower story circumstances. That is what being closed on Sunday actually does, okay? It fuels up praise because it provides you with a different set of circumstances. Now, let me explain that, all right? I'm gonna go through all 10 of these again. Number one, what'd we say? 
We talked about baptism. And we talked about it first. Listen, first service at the 48th Street location, we just had uh, five or six baptisms. And it was awesome. These are people that said, you know, we've been down, lost in this lower story. And uh, God was helping them find their way into the upper story. And you can see lives changing right in front of your eyes. What does it do? What does that do to you? If you're sitting in a service and you're watching that or you're looking at last week's video and you're seeing 10, 20, 30 people coming into a relationship with Jesus Christ, it is telling you that there is such a thing as victory, that people are experiencing victory, lives are changing, people are becoming new creations in Jesus Christ. Now this world may seem like it's going to hell, but people are finding their way to heaven because Jesus is leading them there. You know what that is? I'll tell you what that is. That is gas in the tank. You're closed on Sunday, which means you're here and you're seeing that and you're experiencing that gas in the tank. Second week, we talked about biblical authority. And sometimes we want to push back on authority. We, we struggle with authority. But listen, it's a good thing to know that I have people who will teach me, who will watch over me, help keep me from making a fool out of myself, right? Because that isn't that hard to do. Coaching me, keeping me out of the ditches in life. And if I do get in a ditch in my life, they'll get a tow truck and they'll get me out, right? They will come to my rescue. I don't have to bear all the responsibility of this myself. I have other people around me that'll shoulder that, that'll carry that with me because I'm under authority. You know what that is? Gas in the tank. Maybe I should get it over here because this is Ethel. How many remember Ethel? Yeah, that's, that's the good stuff, right? Yeah. We talked about the power of the word of God in the third week. Spending time hearing and digesting God's word and doing that together as a body of believer. You know what that does? It calms me down in the right places and it fires me up in the right places. God speaks directly to my heart. And in doing that, I get power for living. I get hope in my struggles. I get counsel in my confusion. I'm getting gas in the tank. We get the word of God delivered to us. And when that is delivered to us, it connects to where I am, where I'm living right now, some of the circumstances I'm in. It reminds me that when it comes to God, it's personal. I mean, he gets right into my heart. I've had people say, what are you doing? Are you like going through my trash? Are you reading my mail? Are you hiding in my closet? What's going on? Because God uses that, right? And I can feel the agreement all around me. And it's not just getting to me, it's getting to my family. It's getting delivered to my children. It's getting delivered to my friends, to my coworkers. You know what that is? Come, somebody say it. It's gas in the tank. I have community. I'm surrounded by hundreds of people that are just like me at the campus that I'm at, right? And I have thousands that are connected to me across the region. And together, we have a collective voice. We have a collective impact. And we make a difference together as one. And you know what that does for me? Say it with me. Puts gas in the tank. 
we center on communion. You know what happens when I take communion? It's like a, my, my, the ship of my life may be on stormy seas, but I drop that anchor and it gets connected to the solid rock of Jesus Christ and will not be moved. It holds me to that rock. And when the storms rage and the winds blow, I remember the price that was paid for me and I cherish his scars as I expectantly wait for his return. And you know what that is? That is gas in the tank. We speak and we listen to our father in heaven. We call that prayer. And you know what? He hears our prayers and he answers our prayers and he provides for our needs and he saves all of our tears and he holds the future and he fights our battles and he calms our seas and he heals our diseases. And that is gas in the tank. We plug our God given gifts into the larger body of Christ. And you know what? We can feel the power of our purpose. We know what it feels like to fit in, to contribute, to make a difference. And we serve together, shoulder to shoulder, unique but unified. And when I do that, I feel gas in the tank. And we share what God has given us and we get to feel the fulfillment of generosity. There is nothing like watching God take your offering and join it to the offerings of others and then work a miracle that would have never happened without it. That's gas in the tank. You know what I'm doing when I'm closed on Sunday? You know what I'm doing? I'm writing circumstances. I'm creating circumstances. I'm creating upper story circumstances and I'm drowning out lower story circumstances. That is how praise is fueled and that is how circumstances are changed. And that is how we live in the upper story. Now, now that I've said all that, I'm gonna blow it all up because of Monday. So Monday, like I'm not, you know, hey, I don't know how, how many of you guys can claim this, but usually every weekend I go to church three times. Like I'm there Thursday and there, I'm there Sunday. And last weekend was no difference. Not only did I go to church three times, I preached four different sermons on Friday night and Saturday. So it's kind of like I was at church seven times. And it's Monday. So how should I be? I should be like, woo, 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 woo. Come on. I'm in the car. I am in the car and I'm driving to work and the lower story is grinding me down. Stuff flowing in and I'm feeling it and I'm having those terrible conversations in my head. Are you with me? It's where you start talking to people that aren't there and then answering the things that they aren't really saying. Some people would call that insanity. I call that Monday morning, right? It isn't even nine o'clock in the morning. I'm tired from the weekend and I'm lost down in the lower story and then I'm like, ah, I forgot. 
I forgot I'm supposed to remember to take my 292s. And I didn't take my 292s. I take one in the morning and I take one in the evening. If I would have just taken my 292s, I think I would have been okay. But no, I forgot to do it. And so now I'm in the lower story getting ground down in my car at about 8.30 in the morning. I have got you right now. Because you're going, what is he taking? Can you get it at one of these dispensaries right now? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Psalm 92. I want to show you some power. Psalm 92, verses 1 and 2. It is good to praise the Lord and to make music to your name almost high. You ready for it? Here come the 292s. Number one. The first one you take in the morning. To proclaim your love in the morning. And then you take one in the evening. And your faithfulness at night. All right, now hold on. What does that mean? What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to proclaim. If I'm going to take my 292s, my first 92, i got to proclaim his love in the morning. Well, what do I do? Well, this is what I do. I say, Jesus, I know that you love me. I'm going to say it again. Jesus, I know that you love me. I'll tell you why. Because when you get lost in the lower story and you're spinning and spiraling down, the one thing you're not thinking of is how much Jesus loves you. That's the first thing that he takes out, that Satan takes out of your heart. And what we have to learn to do is say, Jesus, I know that you love. You want to try it with me? Ready? Jesus, I know that you love me. Try it again. Jesus, I know that you love me. Some of you can't say it today because you go, I really, I, I don't know that. That's because you're in the lower story. You don't have to wonder that because Jesus is a promise keeper. And if he tells you he loves you, not just because of what you, but in spite of what you do, he loves you because he made you and he has a wonderful plan for your life. You have to recognize the fact that that's true. Jesus loves you. Now, I have to remember that no matter what, no matter what, Jesus loves me. I can't just believe that Jesus loves me. I have to proclaim it. That's why you can't say it quietly. That's why you can't mumble it. That's why you can't pray it silently. That's why you have to proclaim it. So you got to look weird in the car if you're in the car, but you got to say, I know that you love me, Jesus, right? Okay. I don't have to understand that may not make sense to me. I just need to proclaim it. I don't need evidence for it. I don't need to defend it. I just need to proclaim it. I don't need to dissect it. I don't need to measure it. I just need to proclaim it. And when I do, I'm reminded. I am reminded that I'm standing on the truth. And I'm telling you, being with the body of Christ and changing the circumstances and drowning out those lower story circumstances make all the difference. And taking that 92 in the morning is great. And you know, the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you know what taking that second 92 is like? Because it says, and your faithfulness at night. And this is what faithfulness looks like. Ready? Well, Lord, I'm still here. And you are still here. We are still here together. We made it through the day. 
And when you spend a little bit of time proclaiming the fact that God didn't leave you or forsake you through that day, that he was with you through that day, that's going to get you through the evening. It's going to help you to sleep at night. You need to take your 292s. Now, there'll be a day, listen to me, there's going to be a day where I'm going to take that proclamation of love in the morning and I'm not going to take that proclamation of faithfulness at night. You know why? It's because it'll be my last day on earth. But that's okay. Because instead of saying it in a prayer, instead of proclaiming it in a room here on earth, I'll be able to say it right to his face. See, when I do that right now, I do it with this tired body that needs to stretch for a while and ache for a while when I get out of the car, when I'm trying to fill it up with gas, you know, this overweight body. But I'm telling you, I'm going to be somewhere between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Dwayne The Rock Johnson in heaven. <laughs> it's going to be a different deal. And I am going to proclaim his faithfulness. God, you were faithful. You are faithful to me. See, God's word is telling you what kind of mileage you get. It's saying, you don't, who do you think you are? You think you're so tough? You think you're so bad that I can do this like once a month and I'm good? Even though God's saying, no, that is not what the gas gauge on your life is telling you. You need to be fueling up. You need to do it regularly. You need to do it every week. You need to have those components to overwrite the lower story circumstances in your life. You need to be closed on Sunday because you don't get the kind of mileage you think you do, whether you drive a hybrid or not. In life, you don't. There is too much at stake to blow off that gas gauge. And you know what will happen? You will strand your life. You will strand your marriage. You will strand your family. You'll be out on the desert and you'll be trying to figure out what to do next. And you don't need to be there if you just do it God's way. Because God's way is the best way. It's always been the best way. And that's why I say, stand up for my home. Even if I have to take this walk alone, I bow down to the king upon the throne. My life is his. I'm no longer my own. I pray to God that he'll strengthen my hand. They'll think twice stepping onto my land. I draw the line. It's written in the sand. Try me and you'll see that I ain't playing. Now back up off my family. Move your hands. I got my weapons in the spirit's land. I, Jezebel, don't even stand a chance. Jezebel, don't even stand a chance. That's my war cry. And I have to have that war cry because I'm going to tell you something. God may have all of his angels stationed around all of the rooms where you're worshiping in, but you're about to go out those doors. And it isn't just the world out there. It's the war out there. And when you go out and face this world, understand that there's a battle waiting for you. A battle you need to be prepared for. A battle where you have your armor on. A battle where you're ready to fight. That was what Jesus did for us when he came to this earth. And that is what Jesus has provided for us while we're walking on this earth until that day comes where he calls us home. We're moving to a time of decision. 
Thank you for joining us. A special thank you to those of you that choose to give to this ministry. It's because of your generosity that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit thecrossing.net forward slash podcast for more information. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, tagging One Crossing on social media. Thank you so much for listening.